many of you know that we all have a past? And how many of you, some of us, we like to forget about some of the things we had in our past? And so I want to look, I want to talk to you about, about, you know, getting past your past. Or really what I really want to specifically talk about this morning is breaking the labels. And, you know, I, I'm really excited because I want to give you, you know, I want to talk to you, you know, and it's been a burden that I've had this week. And, and then I'm, I'm going to, that God wants to do a supernatural work in every one of us. How many you believe that? God wants to touch us in such an incredible way that we look, people go, that was supernatural. That was just God. That was natural, but that was super. That was supernatural. And so what happens is the truth is so many of us are held in bondage by the things that happened to us in our past and uh, maybe labels that people gave us or people, you know, and a lot of us, some of us, how many of you have ever been betrayed? You don't have to raise your hand. You've been betrayed or you've been lied to or you've been hurt by someone or, or, or and then, uh, then maybe you carried around some resentment because you, you know, just an unforgiveness and just because of things that people said or the way they responded to you are things they said. Am I in the right church? And so today I want to talk to you about breaking labels. So many of us are of somewhere, someone in our, someone in our past called us something or somebody characterized us as being something that maybe we weren't. It really hurt us. And maybe sometimes when you're going to go do things, you hear that little voice sometimes in your brain that, or, or that thing that people used to call you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and what happens is, is that, you know, we, we've been, you know, all those things. And, and sometimes we think, well, that's just true about me. And really it's not. It's really a label. It's really a lie. It's really something that, God wants, you know, God wants to break over us. How many of you know that the Bible says that he's the banner of, he's the banner of truth over us? How many you know that, that we can, have, or the banner of victory? How many you know that God can give us victory over our past? And so I, I just know that I'm going to give you some well-known names, and I want you to help me preach just a little bit this morning. And, um, and, and, and I want you to attach a label to whatever this name is, and, and I, I want to help you. So that, that's like if I say Attila the what? Attila the what? The Hun, all right? So you're good, all right? So if I say like uh, uh, Conan, all right? Or how about Billy the? Okay, y'all doing good. And how about Buffy and the? What y'all been watching anyway? Just seen it. And how about Winnie the? All right. But I can remember as a kid. Now, my real name is Howard. So my brother used to call me Howard the? Don't, don't you go there anyway. Just Howard the Coward. And I know, I know that, like, my son Nathan, he came out, and, and he, had, he found this book, and he goes, Nate the Great, you know? And I said, oh, boy, you just, your head's, like, this big trying to get in here. And, and it's like, for many of us, what happens is we, we kind of go with those names that people, I mean, I'm talking about. If your name rhymed with something or something you did or something that, that said, I remember one time my dad and my, my brother and my sister uh, uh, were at the table, and we were eating fried chicken, and and my dad said, when I went to the bathroom, he said, hey, look, when, when he comes out, every time he eats uh, the meal and he clicks the fart on his teeth, we're just going to count. And I remember I was just like, clink, and all my family goes, one. And I'm like, what? And they're laughing, and I go back, and I clink, and they go, two. And I go, what? And he goes, and my dad just goes, you're, 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 we're going to start calling you Steam Shovel Howard. Son, you don't look up. At all, when you eat, you just sit there and you go clank, 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 clank. And so, you know, a lot of those things and a lot of things that in our minds and something. So, you know, th- those are some of the negative things that, you know, that were associated with my name. And I always like, you know, when, when I would think about a coward, I'm like, I'm not a coward. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to be different. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to live up to that name. Steam Shovel Howard, I'm not going to be him. 
You know, and and so what happens is that many times people have people have said things or called people things, and that's the label that they live with. And, and that's the label they think that they are sometimes when they go through difficult situations. So so what is the negative label that follows your name? You know, in fact, there, it, there's a little fill in the blank on the on the on the, the notes there. And maybe you can just write that thing. and go, You know, that thing is the thing that, that many things times that people people put a negative thing in my name. And they say, and maybe that when they use that, uh, that name that, you know, that you begin to think, well, I'm just a doormat. I'm just a doormat for everybody else. And, and I, I, I'm always nice and people just walk all over me and they take advantage of you. And, or maybe you heard that and your name associated, well, you're just a lazy one. You're the one that's lazy or, or, or you're, 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 you're irresponsible. You never take responsibility or, or you're a hothead because you walk around in anger or you're a tightwad. I have a son like that, you know. You know, you're a tightwad, you know, or, or, or you're, the, you're the party girl or you're the player. Come on. You know, all those different things. And what happens is what is a negative label that follows your name? And, and you think about it. Here's what I pray that you'll hear today. This is what I want you to pray, that God's power is always bigger than my past. You know, when I think about salvation and when, God, when I got saved or when you got saved, all of a sudden God, God changed your name. You became someone that was a defeated person to an overcomer. Amen. And through our weaknesses, we're made strong. And that's where when you get into life groups and, and, and you gather in life groups, and that's why it's so important to be a part of a life group in this church, is that when you gather together, all of a sudden you gather around people and you develop relationships and friendships, and those people can begin to share things with you and, and be able to speak to you and go, man, and they begin to encourage you. And encouragement means they pour courage inside of you. How many know we all need courage poured in us? And so it's so important that whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, whatever name label that we, we I, I know I talked to someone this week and the, one of the prayer ladies and she man, this one girl, she, you know, she just struggles and she goes, and I remember she, she said, and pastor, she just goes, and she's wanting to be a prayer, uh, you know, someone that believes God in prayer. And she goes, but she goes, pastor, she just think, thinks that God can never be intimate with her and God will never love her. And I said, well, then re- the reality is she really doesn't have a real relationship with God. Because when I get in God's presence and when you get in God's presence, you know what be- begins to happen? All of a sudden you begin to see not what you are, but who you are through him. Amen. Because God calls you his loved. You know, God calls you, you, you know, you might feel and I'm going to talk about some of the things today because, see, I believe this, you know, God's power is always bigger than your past. It always is. What's true about you today doesn't mean it's going to be true about you tomorrow. How many of you got struggles? How many of you got things that you deal with, temptations, and you're going, I want to overcome that. You know what I mean? As long as you're fighting, as long as you know that we all, you know, you hear all the things that happen in our society today and all the things that people are going, well, you know, what about this guy? Is that sin greater than this? You know, I believe this, that every one of us struggle with different things in our lives. Okay, but as long as you're fighting, as long as you're going to God, it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. It's as long as you're open and you're real. And then I believe that you can be an overcomer through Christ who strengthens us. You believe that? I believe that. And see, and I know I believe the power of God is going to take take what is and make you whatever that is. And and that's not that's no longer going to be your label, no matter what it is. And see, I believe this. I'm asking God to give you a new God-centered view of who you are. 
That's what I prayed this morning. God, I want people to begin to see themselves how you see them. And say, what does that mean, Pastor Bubba? Well, I'm asking, and it's based on God's word. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This is a very familiar portion of scripture. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Let me ask you a question. Are you new because you came to Christ? Are things different because you came? Well, that pastor, you know, well, I'm still struggling. That's okay. But is God helping you to be an overcomer where there were things? You know, sometimes it's a progression. Sometimes, you know, there's things that have to change in a gradual way. Sometimes God does things immediately in people's lives. Sometimes we need to just sit down and talk to someone that will be loving and caring and have compassion on us and pray us through things, encourage us through things. That's why it's so important not only develop your relationship with God, but develop your relationship with people within the body of Christ. This body right here. It's called our Savior's Church Jennings. It's so important because it's, it's much more important that I get to know God and get to know the people of God than just come out. Because, you know, like, I can come and you know, hey, I'm Pastor Bubba, and as soon as I'm done with the message, you're out the doors. And you go, well, I don't have any friends. I wonder why. I wonder why. Or you don't get involved or you don't, you don't see the need to get involved. And you know, Well, you know, just me and my, me and me and God and me, and that's all I need. And guess what? But when you need someone, hello. If you've been, you know what I mean? Especially that's why it's so important in a life group that, you you know, when you need someone, you have those relationships and those friendships. They can look at you in the eye and go, hey, man, how are you really doing? I'm doing good. Don't stop it. How are you really doing? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I've done that with your pastor. How you doing, man of God? I'm okay. You know, when Jamie does this, Come on, Cheryl, you know that look. Things aren't going good. You know what I mean? You have a strong man of God as a pastor. But you know what? Even strong men of God need other people in their lives. Amen? And, and, And I believe this. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've come from, or how bad your past is. You know, because the thing I love, when I hear testimonies of people that have walked through just junk in their life, I mean, I get excited because I go, you know what? Wow. God can take that person and make them. Look, I, they're not even the same. You understand me? You know, if, if you repented of your sins and you submitted to the Lordship of Jesus and he's in the son and Jesus being the son of God and all the old is done away with. You know, I'm not. Listen, there are things that I don't listen. When I get depressed, I don't need to pull out a joint like I used to. Or pop a pill. Or snort something. That's the truth. Because that's who I was 35 years ago. I met a guy this past, last week at Teen Challenge. that came to the, the, uh, the um, Jenny's camp. And I was talking to him before. And he'd been in the program for about four months. And, and, and I started talking to him. And, just, and he just started sharing me the things, his struggles he's kind of walked through. And I said, I said, man, I know that struggle. I know that. I know where I came from. I thought I was, you know, I was in the drugs, alcohol, thought I was God's gift to women when I was young. Come on. Come on. Y'all need to lighten it up this morning. Okay. What happened? And he's like, really? He goes, that's me. And I said, and I just looked at him and said, listen, man. And I asked him, how long you been serving the Lord? How long you been knowing God? And he goes, well, four months. And I said, look. 35 years. You know what? And it doesn't matter. It's, this is what I've learned in life. It doesn't matter how you start the race. It's important. 
It's how you finish the race. Amen? It's how you finish it. You know, and, and see, all your past is washed away. The newness of life in Christ is available to all of us. So let, let me just give you three thoughts that I believe that help set you free from the labels that have been holding you back. The first thing is this, is that number one, God will give you a new name. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? Isaiah 62 says it like this. And you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. You ever notice when girls, especially in junior high, when they start like having boyfriends and everything, and, and then they, and, and they, they get their name, and they start writing their name with their boyfriend's last name? I had sisters, so I know. I saw it. You, you know what I'm talking about? And they go, what would my name look like if it was Richard? You know, you could be Beverly Moe, but Beverly Moe Richard. You know, and they write it a hundred times or whatever, and they're thinking have all these little fantasies and stuff. But you know what? God does that to many of us. When we fall in love with him, God has a dream for our lives. I'll give you an example. How about in the Bible? How about Abram and Sarah? Sarah. When they went out, what happened is that God spoke to him. Remember, he says, Abram, you're going to be the father of many nations. But there was one problem. How many of you know what the problem was? He didn't have any children. You remember? Then he tried to do it in the flesh with Ishmael and Sarah tried to work it out. That that didn't work out so good. How many of you know, when you try to do things in your flesh, you just don't work out that good? And what happened is, then God changed their name to Abraham and what? Sarah, which really means, you know, what really means this is it means father and mother of many nations. So God took... That was a dream, a desire that God put in their heart. And they looked at the stars and he says, man, he says, your descendants are going to be like the stars of the heavens. Man, I don't know what happened to this, but this is broke. Whatever, I don't know. There it is. I don't know what this is. I, I mean, I'm Jamie's head's bigger than mine, but my ears are bigger than his. So I'm trying to figure this thing out. So I won't hit this anyway. So what happens is, is that, is that God, God gave them new names so they could fulfill their assignment. And you know the, the rest of the story. They had Isaac, you know, and, and that means laughter. And it's, it's sometimes it's hilarious what God does in people's lives. How I many you know God's got a sense of humor? I mean, I remember, look, by the time I graduated high school, I'd been to 15 different schools in my life. Okay, I'd get kicked out, asked not to return, all these different things, caught with stuff, all that, blah, blah, blah. I'm not encouraging anybody that their child does that. But what the cool thing is God's got to send you humor because I was asked to go back into public schools and do Bible, Bible clubs and speak before, you know, Red Ribbon, Blue Ribbon, Drug Weeks and all those different and do rallies and stuff. God's got a sense of humor. The very thing that I was, you know, like, and I remember going to one of my, at Lafayette Middle, and I was going to preach, and I was telling them how I got caught with drugs at the school, and actually, the guy that caught me with the drugs was a teacher there. I'll never forget it, and I go, and that's the man that caught me, and everybody, and he went, I did. And all the kids were like, whoa, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it's just crazy what God does, and see, you know, and, and there's other examples. How about Jacob? In the Bible, it means swindler, deceiver, you know, trickster, huckster. You know what I mean? And but what God did, God gave him a new name called Israel, which meant to wrestle with God and that God will prevail. And some of us need to get in there with God and wrestle out some of the things that we don't, we know that just doesn't need to be a part of our lives. Amen? And that's why it's so important that you as an individual have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus and that the Holy Spirit can speak to you and begin to reveal things in your life. You know, 
Amen. That's good preaching. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway. You know, but the most important, God gave, God gave him a new man. How, and, and there's another guy. I mean, and this guy's like a wuss in the Bible. Okay? Here's this guy. He's afraid. And he's a wuss. And his name's Gideon. Y'all know Gideon. And, you know, here he is. He's hanging out in the wine presses or kind of like a cave. All right? And, and God sends an angel to him. And, you know, remember Gideon's like, you know, and the angel is, he says this, you, and, and he goes, and he says, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. He's like, he's hiding out. He's afraid. But God gave him a different name. He saw something different in Gideon than Gideon saw in himself. You know, God calls you mighty man, mighty woman of God. Look at your neighbor and say, well, if they're a man, say mighty man, hey, mighty man of God, mighty man of God. And if they're a woman, hey, mighty woman of God. And the person you didn't want to look at, you can look at them too and tell them the same thing. See, God will give you a new name, but you've been labeled by your past and it will no longer be true of who you are. You know, uh, what you've been labeled by. You see, here's what I mean by God will help you grow into your new name. God will help you grow into your new Some of you, God's going to give you a new name. And you know what that new name is? Listen to me, forgiven. Forgiven. See, you've allowed your past to dictate what your future is going to be. And you can't get over. See, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of condemnation, but has given us a spirit. What? What is it? A spirit of adoption. You know what that means? You know, state of Louisiana is the only, it, you know, if you get adopted, you can, as an adopted child, or as a, if you adopt a child in the state of Louisiana, you can disown your own natural child, but you can never disown an adopted child. It's a law. You know? You say, dang, I need to adopt more children. Anyway, just, no. Some of you, your new name is Overcomer. Some of you may be, hey, a mother in the Lord. Well, pastor, I'm not really trying. I'm not really that. You, you know what? God's going to help you to become a spiritual mom to some. And it's never the age. It's never. It's it's the stage of where you're at. God, here I am. Use me. God, how many of you know God loves a prayer like that? Use me, God. God goes, all right, let me use you. And then he starts using you. you go, oh, God, what was that all about? You, I answered your prayer. You see? And some of you, he's going to call you spiritual leader. And, and, and you lead your family by his power. And he help you grow into your new name. You know, more than anything. You know, let, let me just speak to you. Men, God's looking for men that will rise up in their family and love their wives. And call their wives a new name. And say, hey, you old bag of dirt, get on here and cook me I want a hot breakfast. You want a hot breakfast? You better light your cornflakes on fire, buddy, because that's about all you're going to get. The reality is that, like, if you call her and go, hey, baby, good morning, I love you. Man, you looking nice. You know the difference? All of a sudden, she's like, man, it just really, really touched me when you shared that the other day. Man, God's just growing you. You know, it's you encourage one another. Listen. I, I believe this. If you pour into someone, you really pour into them, and you really give to them, especially your mate, you know what's going to happen? My job is, a, is, look, my job for my wife is to speak to her to rise up to what God has called her to become. She finds out who she is. Guess what? I name her. And whatever I name her, she becomes. 
Hello. And sometimes she'll name me. You know? And see, for every one of us, it's important what you name your spouse. See, the second thing is, see, so the first thing is God's going to give you a new name. How do you believe that? Okay? It could be forgiven. It could be overcomer. It could be, you know, whatever it is. Woman of God, man of God, spiritual leader. That is a new name God has given you. And what happens is it doesn't mean you become that overnight, but that you begin to pursue that. Okay? And what the second thing is that God will give you a new purpose. Say it with me, new purpose. One of my favorite examples is, is, is Simon. Who could, who could have been labeled undependable and wishy-washy in the Bible? Okay, Simon. What do you mean, Pastor? Jesus meets him and says, you're not going to be a fisherman anymore. I'm going to turn around. I'm gonna, you're not going to just be fishing for fish. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And, and you're going to be fishing for, for men. And that's going to be your new purpose. For the rest of your life, you're going to be fishing for people. And so what happens, in other words, I'm going to take you and give you a new purpose. And I'm going to give I'm going to go. I'm going to do things you never thought you could ever do or that you would ever be. Doesn't that sound like us? Look at me. How many of you think that God has a dream for your life? Okay. All right. I mean, I'm going to do a vote. How many of you believe God has a dream for your life? Okay, good. The majority do. The rest of we're praying for you. Now, look at me. I want to tell you something. God has a vision for your life. If you didn't have a vision for your life, you wouldn't be here this morning. Because, see, some of you came this morning hungry for God. And you're going, I need a word from God. And my responsibility, Pastor Jamie's responsibility, is to give you a word as a pastor, to give you a word to stand on. Are you hearing me? To stand against the wiles of the enemy of the world that you can walk out of here with the word of God and then you go, I have a word of faith to believe that God wants to give me a new name and God has a new purpose for my life. And so my journey is to find out what that purpose is that God has for me in my life. Does that make sense? And so what happens is he's telling me, you know what? It's a new purpose. I came to give you a new name, to give you a new identity. Look at Matthew chapter 16. It says this, then Jesus replied, you are blessed. Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer you. So now some of you may say, well, I know this story. Was Peter, let me, let me ask you that, that what he says, I'm going to make you a rock. Now, let me ask you a question. Was, was Peter always a rock? That always pointed forward. Was he a rock? I mean, I mean, he messed up again and again and again. He was growing into his new name, and not only that, he was finding his new purpose. How many of you say? How many of you say, Pastor? I've blown it and blown it and blown it. But God has helped me, and I'm still pursuing that new name. I'm still pursuing that new purpose in my life. And so, what happens is, is that you know, in fact, if you know the story of Peter, Peter actually denied Jesus not once, but how many times? Man, we have some Bible scholars in here. Three times. And so what happened? And then, then after the resurrection, Jesus comes and he graciously forgives him. He restores Peter. Not only does that, it said, basically, go do what I created you to do, Peter. Become what I said you were going to become. Be that rock. And then on the day of Pentecost, the day that the Holy Spirit fell down. And, 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 and guess who, cho- who God chose to be the best guest speaker on that day? Peter the rock. Think about that. The one who knew what it was like to fail. 
The one who knew what it's like to be forgiven. The one who was best qualified to stand up and say this, repent. You see, repent sinners and turn to Christ and you will be saved. And guess what? Because he, was, he knew what it was like to be forgiven. He knew what it was like to be renamed. He knew what it was like to have a new purpose. And you imagine? And he says, repent. What does repent mean? It means change. Quit walking the way you're walking. And you know what? Turn to God and begin to walk toward God instead of walking toward your plan. Because guess what? Has your plan worked? Here's, here's my question. How many, if you give your best plan, how many of you know, if you give your best, it didn't work too good? Look, I tried my best to be a different person. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I tried my best to be an overcomer in my own strength, but I couldn't do it until I came to Christ. And all of a sudden, Christ became the rock for me. And you know what? The cool, the cool thing is Peter was the rock. And he actually, he was the one in the New Testament, it was the church was farmed on Peter the rock. He started. Here's the best news. Out of the greatest weakness, God can raise you up and be your greatest strength. Be your greatest strength. Don't let the labels of your past define you. Not only that, you're not what you others say you are. Your result, you're not a result of your past. And the last thing is our God will give you not only a new name, not only a new purpose, but he'll give you a new future. What do you mean, Pastor Brother? I know many of you are just pessimistic, pessimistic about your future. I meet people all the time. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I love. you start talking about what's, what's happening. In, my life's never going anywhere. You know, I'm never going to be this. I'm never going to be that. I'm always going to be alone. I'm never going to get, I'm always going to be miserable. I'll never get out of debt. Well, you know, here's what, listen to me. Don't you dare insult God as being faithless, having a faithlessness in God about your future. It's an insult to God himself. You see, the scripture says this in Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for what? Good, not disaster, to give you a future and a what? And a hope. And see, in other words, you know, when you have people, I'm never going to get married. Well, you might not if you keep talking that way. Because she's going to come around and go, I'm never going to. Well, I don't want to marry someone who never want to be married. I'm always, I'm never going to get married. I'm always, I mean, I'm always going to be like this. And I'm always, I'm just going to be addicted the rest of my life. Just that's who I am. I have an addictive personality. Can't overcome. This is the way I am. I'm fat. I'm chunky. I'm full figured. I'm never going to be healthy. I'll never lose weight. My God, look at me. I look at myself in the mirror and go, what's, what's up with that? Out of your weakness. Listen to me. Out of your weakness, God raises up a strength and gives you a hope in the future. In your weakness. Let's just be honest this morning. How many of you know that we all have weaknesses? How many of you got it? It's easy to complain. Look at me. Don't you come to my hospital bed and come tell me, and you know, well, you know, I got a corn on my foot, and you know, I've had it for 45 years, and you know, I guess you're just going to stay there, and you know, and you know, on my back, you know, on my back's all this and all that. I mean, and you know, you know, my mama, she hates me, and I really don't like her that much. And I came to, well, I came to pray for you, but you know, I prayed last week and really I hadn't seen much happen. So, well, don't put your hands on me. Get out of my room. I'm not kidding you. I want people who got some faith on them. 
Pastor Bob, I came in here and prayed. God's going to raise you up. Come on, man of God, pray for me. You know what I mean? I'm serious. You know, I'm in remission right now after four months of treatment. They were saying it was going to take three years. You know, I'd go to the doctor and I'd tell the doctor, I said, I'm believing for a divine miracle. And one day my wife just had to go, why do you always say, not that I can question, she goes, why, why do you always say that when we go to the doctor? I said, well, first of all, I'm reminding the doctor what I'm believing. I'm reminding myself what I'm believing God for. You understand me? And so this is the thing. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you, the Bible says is God's no respecter of persons. That doesn't mean, look, you know, well, I'm the Boudreaux's from the other side of the bayou. Oh, them Boudreaux's, they bad. They got that curse on them. You know what? God can take whatever people cursed, and God can turn you around and make you a blessing. How many believe that? Because some of you, look at me. Some of you weren't such a blessing, but now you are a blessing because of what Jesus has done. It's through your weaknesses that you've gone and said, God, I'm a mean individual. I'm selfish. I'm self-centered. Will you begin to change my heart, change my outlook? Because this is the way I see it through my eyes. And I don't want to be that way. I want to be soft. I want to be tender. I want to be compassionate. And that can only happen as God, as you allow God to change you. And then God will begin to say to you, you're my daughter. You're my daughter, and you know, my daughters don't act like that. In fact, you have a new purpose. You're going to go and you're going to love that person. Oh, Lord, I don't want to love that person. No, you need to learn to love them. You need to learn to forgive them. I believe this. You can't allow, look, God can't do anything in your life until you allow God to walk, that you walk in forgiveness towards others. Because if God forgave you and you can't forgive someone else, how do you expect God to work in you? That's free. Anyway, God bless you. You know, the very best, one of the, one of the best stories in the whole Bible, and I love the story, is about a lady. And she's labeled one of the worst labels you can label someone. And I, in fact, she's actually mentioned eight times in the Bible and six times with a label that says who she is. And the cool thing is, is that her name is, you know, she's known as Rahab the prostitute. Rahab, or Rahab the harlot, or Rahab the hoe. Wherever you come from, you know, but what happens is now her label was true. She was a prostitute. She was the lowest in society. And can you imagine what she emotionally went through? Oh, there she is. Mm-hmm. She's an easy catch. There's Rahab. The harlot. The prostitute. Can you imagine that what happened is, you know what, the cool thing is she... She, she had to have filled. I'm, I'm used goods. I'm not much for anything. Imagine the things she had to walk through in her mind and her heart. I'm only good for one thing, and God could really never love me. You know, she started to hear about this God of Israel. And her heart began to melt, and she heard stories about the great things God was doing throughout the land. And, and she had two spies come to her place that were from Israel. And she risked her own life and she hid them. Very little, she could have died if she got caught with these spies in Jericho. So this prostitute becomes not just the savior of these two spies, but the savior of all the other people around her, her family. Not only that, you know, foreshadowing what would come years later out of Rahab, the prostitute. You know, think about that. You see, she got to know God. And the cool thing is, she became a new person. 
Not only did she become a new person, but God brought her a God-fearing man named Solomon. Solomon. Salmon. Okay? He must have been from the Northwest. Salmon, you know. Salmon. And, and what happened is, and, and she had a great marriage. God began to change her heart and gave her a great man, a man of God. And isn't that, that kind of like God? God, what, what seems impossible, God begins to provide for this lady as she turns her heart towards God. You know, the cool thing is when we turn our heart toward God, God does great things. And so what happens is she wasn't listening to the labels anymore. She'd been renamed. Her husband was renaming her. And, and, she, and, and she had a great marriage when nobody else would have thought that was possible. Here's what God did through Rahab, the prostitute that married a God-fearing man. She had a son. Then she had a great-grandson. And then she had five times over a great-great-great-great-great-grandson whose name happened to be Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the son of God. Out of Rahab the prostitute came Jesus, the savior of the world. Think about that. See, and when you start thinking about your past and the labels, you got to remember, you know what I mean? You can't let anybody name you. You let God name you. And see, you're not what others call you. You're not what you call yourself. You're what God begins to call. Those of you who say, well, there, there really, there's really something that's holding me back. And you've been, I've been labeled, Pastor Baba. I've labeled myself. I don't, want to, I don't want any longer to let the labels keep me from being who God says I'm supposed to be. If that's you and you really want to overcome by the power of God, we're going to pray this morning that you overcome those things through Christ. How many of you say, Pastor Baba, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care if people look at me or see my hand. I have some labels that I've allowed to listen to and that's me would you raise your hand and say i want to overcome this morning those labels that i've allowed to dictate what my future is going to be amen and see i believe this you know we are all bent towards sin in this world how many you know that we're all bent toward it you know you think about it i'd love to start start fresh you say man god start fresh with me you know that's that's a cool thing how many like to be new just brand new you know, it's so cool when you see a baby and they're new. My wife, you know, she likes babies. And we have grandchildren now that come to the house. And uh, my youngest little granddaughter, she's, just, she's beautiful. Okay, her name's Avery. And she's been at the house the last couple of days. You know, this week twice. And my wife, she goes, I just love her. I just, she's so sweet. I mean, she's like a good baby. I mean, she's one of those babies that like people don't deserve. Especially after my son Andrew kept me up at night. My, 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 he didn't deserve that baby. But God out of his goodness. I'm just saying. But she's so, she's, she's tall. She's really thin and she's beautiful. She's got a beautiful face. Her mom's a beautiful lady. And my son, he's a good looking boy. And so that combination came together. And wapo, that's like awesome. But you know, when you touch her, she's just like, she's soft. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. She's new and... And it's, she's funny because, like, she was eating some things, and I go, do you like those? And she doesn't know what she, she's going. And I'm going, you like those? And she's going, <laughs> You know why God likes things new? Because everything's new in their eyes. Everything's brand new. And they have faith to trust you, to believe you. They haven't been wounded and haven't been hurt. And see, let me just tell you something. People have wounded you. People have hurt you. But God will love you. You know, God loves you. 
And that's the greatest story. And when you read the Bible, it's all about the love of God. That he sent his son as a demonstration to show us what love really means. That he would have the ultimate sacrifice. He'd come into this world as a sinless. He'd come in the form of a man and live sinless. And then, you know, then he was falsely accused and he didn't hold him. And while he was on the cross, there was another guy right there. And he says, remember me. And he said, today you'll be in paradise for me. And remember his last words, Father, forgive them for what? They know not what they do. And they would put him in a grave because he died. And he would rise from that grave. And the devil can't find his keys. Isn't that great? Because Jesus got him. He don't know how to drive. He don't know how to get anywhere. He's dumbfounded. But the reality is God has the keys for your new name, your new purpose, and your new future. All you got to do is say, God, engage in me. Do whatever you want in me. Amen? And see, I believe this. The scripture says that anyone who calls his name will be saved. You'll be forgiven. You'll be transformed. That means you were once something, and now you're something completely different. If anyone is in Christ, you're a new person, and the old is gone. And the cool thing is the new comes. The new comes. That means you can have a tender heart again. That you can be soft towards God. You know, if anything I want to be, I want to be soft to the voice of God. When he speaks to me, that my heart would turn toward him. Rather than the things of this world or turn towards selfishness or or sin or or things, you know. And and it's like, you know, I've really been thinking about a lot of things this week. And one of the things is, you know, I've been praying, God, make make a new heart in me. Those things that, that I used to... Sometimes that I used to be grieved at when I first became a Christian, and now I kind of let those things kind of slide sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? God, help those affect me like they used to affect me. Lord, let me hear your voice. As a man, I want more than anything, I want, I want to live my life where my wife and my children know that I hear God's voice. You understand what I'm saying? So when I speak, it's not just me, but I, I can look at them and say, you know, God really spoke to me. And they can really believe that God really spoke to me. Does it make sense? You see, as you, as you call his name, you know, the cool thing is if you call out his name, your sins can be forgiven. You'll be washed new. You, and, and you can ask God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I know God's poured out his spirit here at this campus and people begin filled with the Holy Spirit. But it's one thing to have the, the, the Holy Spirit live in your life. And it's another thing walking in the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Because some, for some of us, those are new things that we have to allow God to do in our lives. Because without the Holy Spirit, you can't do that. You know, because we want to live in the flesh. Outbursts of anger. I mean, I can just go down. Lust, stop me, all those different things. You know, you know let me just say this, and I'm going to, maybe if you're here today and you go, Pastor Bubba, I know that I need to allow God to bring a brand new start in my life. I know that I need to trust Jesus with my whole heart. And I want to give my life, I want to dedicate my life to love him, to live for him, and to follow him all the days of my life. I want to give my life to Jesus, Pastor Bubba. If that's you, just close your eyes and just bow your head and just ask. If if that's anyone here this morning, if that's you, say, Pastor Bubba, that's me. Would you just pray for me? And I'm not going to, I don't want, I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'll pray with you. If that's you, you say, Pastor Bubba, that's me. I want to give my life. I want to trust my life. Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? Pastor Bo, thank you. 
thank you. Many people here this morning, thank you. Let's just stop and let's pray. Because you know what? Guess what? We've all been at that place in our life where we needed to start. Father, just, if that's you and you raise your hand, just pray. To, everybody pray to say, Lord Jesus, I come this morning. And I, I'm asking that you would forgive me of my sins. There are many. But I'm asking you to forgive me. To wash me with your blood. To accept me as your child. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the grave. And from this day forward, I want to walk with you all the days of my life.